Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Jonah chapter 4, and today we'll be looking at the first two verses. I want to review a little bit about where we've been in the book of Jonah so far before reading chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. So far in the book of Jonah, we've seen Jonah fleeing from the command of God to go to Nineveh, and he flees down to Joppa. He gets on a ship to go toward Tarshish out in the middle of the Mediterranean. The Lord pursues him with a storm, a great storm that causes all the sailors to be afraid for their lives. Uh, Through the casting of lots, they find out that it is on account of Jonah that all of this has happened, and so... Uh, They ask Jonah what they need to do. He tells them to pick him up, throw him overboard into the sea, and they will survive. So that's what they do. And the Lord calms the storm, and the sailors greatly fear the Lord and make vows and offer sacrifices because of that. And we've also seen the Lord not abandoning Jonah to the depths of the sea, but he sends a great fish to swallow Jonah up and preserve his life. So Jonah is preserved through suffering in the belly of the fish to come out on the other side. While he's in the belly of the fish, he prays to the Lord for help, looks to the Lord's temple, the domain where the Lord is operating, and asks for help. The Lord hears his prayer and commands the fish to spit him up on dry ground. We commented at the time that there's not necessarily repentance going on here in the heart of Jonah. Uh, It's simply a calling out for help, and God hears that in his mercy and allows Jonah to uh, be spit up onto dry land. In chapter 3, we saw again the Lord's command coming to Jonah a second time, telling him to go to Nineveh. He goes this time, preaches the message that the Lord gives him to preach, and as a result of this preaching, the people of Nineveh and even the king, the ruler of the city, repent turn from their evil deeds and their wicked ways. And because of their uh, faith, the Lord sees this and he relents concerning the calamity that he had determined to bring about upon the city. In other words, he doesn't enact judgment when he sees their faith. So uh, as a result of this, when we come to chapter 4, What's going to happen now is not only are we going to find out the result of uh, what all that takes place for Jonah uh, when seeing the city of Nineveh repent and their salvation, but also we're going to go back and have to reread the first three chapters because finally some of the last pieces of the puzzle are going to be dropped into place. We're going to understand why Jonah ran in the first place. We're going to understand why he didn't care for the people of Nineveh and what all is going on behind the scenes. So Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, but it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, 
slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. It's a great statement by Jonah about the character of the Lord and tells us a lot about his theology, what he was thinking about who the Lord is. So let's examine these verses a little more closely. First of all, in verse 1, we read, it greatly displeased Jonah. Now, all of this seems to be upside down and backwards. Shouldn't the prophet be happy for the repentance of the people of Nineveh? Shouldn't he be overjoyed that God has done a miraculous work in allowing him to proclaim judgment? And through the proclamation of judgment, the people of Nineveh actually receive it, accept it, and stop acting wickedly. He should be uh, rejoicing and overjoyed that God has allowed this to take place and also that God in his mercy has held back his hand of punishment on the people of Nineveh. But that is not how the fourth chapter begins. Instead, we read, The thing greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. Now, the English here Uh, does not do justice to what we read in the Hebrew text. This displeased Jonah so greatly that he was, literally speaking, angry with great anger or burning with fiery anger in this passage because of what has happened. Basically, looking back at chapter 3, verse 10, which says, When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. This is what makes Jonah so upset. He views this as injustice, that God is not being not only true to his word, but true to his character in not enacting judgment on the people of Nineveh. Why does Jonah feel this way? I think now, again, some of the pieces of this puzzle are finally fitting together. We started off this study looking at the one other passage in the Old Testament that speaks of the person of Jonah. And that's 2 Kings 14 and verse 25. It talks about there how Jonah prophesied during the time of Jeroboam II that the northern kingdom of Israel would actually expand its territory once again, take back some of the uh, northern cities that they had formerly lost to the advancing Assyrians. So Jonah is a very nationalistic prophet. He takes pride in being able to help uh, the, the kings of Israel, even though the Bible's very clear, the northern kingdom kings were not admirable. They were not right and just and followers of God. They did what was right in their own eyes, and oftentimes it was very wicked in the eyes of the Lord. Jeroboam II is no exception. He is a wicked ruler, and in spite of that, God is allowing the northern kingdom, again, in his mercy, to expand their territory during this time. 
Now, we have argued that 2 Kings 14.25 actually takes place before Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, so that Jonah would have had a reputation in Israel as a prophet that was for the kingdom of Israel, for the king of Israel. Uh, it's all well and good when God tells Jonah to prophesy in a way that is not going to cost him anything politically. But when God comes to him and says, go to Nineveh, he doesn't want any part of it. So the reason, one of the reasons why in chapter 4, verse 1, this whole thing with Nineveh is so displeasing to Jonah is because he does not think God's mercy should be extended to the people of Nineveh. He's for Israel, pro-Israel, and anti-Nineveh. He doesn't like the Assyrians. And we can see why. The Assyrians did some barbaric and horrible things, not just to the people of Israel, but to all the peoples that they were uh, taking captive and fighting with. So Jonah doesn't want the people of Nineveh to repent. And when they do repent, and when God spares them of the judgment that he's promised, Jonah is really upset. He's burning with anger, so much so that he prays to the Lord. Now, again, we have this prayer of Jonah paralleled with the prayer of Jonah from Jonah chapter 2. In both chapters, he's praying to the Lord. In chapter 2, he's praying for help while he's in the belly of the fish. In chapter 4, he's praying to the Lord. Really, uh, this is uh, complaining to the Lord or whining at the Lord, accusing the Lord in many ways of injustice. This is what he says in verse 2. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Now, this is a very interesting verse, and in many ways, the key to the book of Jonah, the key to unlocking what's going on throughout this whole book. He starts this verse by praying to the Lord. He says, was this not what I said while I was still in my own country? I think this was something that Jonah said in his head. I think this was some a mental conversation that he had with himself when God appeared to him in Jonah chapter 1 and said, go to Nineveh. It's not recorded for us in the text, but when this occurs, I'm sure Jonah collaborated with himself in his mind, should I go to Nineveh? Should I not go to Nineveh? And he concluded, of course, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. Why did he conclude that? Well, he tells us here in chapter 4, verse 2, this is what I said to myself while I was still in my own country, namely that there was at least a chance that the people of Nineveh would repent and God would spare them. Therefore, in order to forestall this, in other words, because I didn't want to see this happen, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew. Now, we, we get here a small theology of what Jonah believed about God and God's character. He says, I knew, first of all, 
that you are a gracious and compassionate God. Second, he says, you are slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. And then third, he says, the one, and one who relents concerning calamity. Now, how did Jonah know these things? I think we don't put enough weight on this when we study through the book, but he knew these things we've already seen because of his study of Scripture. Jonah knew his Old Testament, which in his day would have primarily been the five books of the law of Moses, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And specifically, he would have been looking at a passage that we've already taken a short look at, Exodus 32 through 34. So what I want to do is take a look at Exodus chapters 33 and 34, show us something about the character of God. Now what's going on here is that Moses has uh, just come down off the mountain and dealt with the golden calf that the people have built to worship while he is absent up on the mountain. And uh, in chapters 33 and 34, Moses prays to the Lord again on behalf of the people, asks the Lord to go with the people, to continue to be with them, have his presence abide with them, even in spite of this rebellion of the people. And then we have uh, in chapter 33 and verse 17, the Lord says to Moses, uh, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. So the Lord concedes to Moses' request. Then in verse 18, Moses said, I pray, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But you cannot see my face and live, for no man can see me and live. Well, the Lord tells Moses he'll hide him in the cleft of a rock and pass over him. And in chapter 34, verse 6, he says, Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness and truth. This is almost word for word with what Jonah says in Jonah chapter 4. We'll look more at this next time. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.